Tim, we're not going to do it your way. We're going to yeah. do it smart Tim's way. Yeah. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are looking at our own personal churches. The sort of thing that we worship in a way that you might worship God if God were real. These things are actually real. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Nick Glover. Hey, hey. And Tim Wick. Praise not Jesus. Praise not Jesus, brothers and sisters and siblings of all stripes. We are here today coming to you again via Zoom because the pandemic is still happening and some of us were recently exposed to children. So we are staying away from each other one more week. Uh, We had a birthday party and we're getting tested tomorrow to make sure that none of those little children got us sick. Filthy monsters. (laughs) They they go to school, for God's sake, school. But that is uh, that is uh, the audio quality is zoom tastic. And uh, hopefully next time we record, we're going to be in person again. Weird. Fingers crossed. I know. I know. But everybody, my siblings, my friends, we are here today to tell you the truth. The three of us have recently found religion. That's right. Oh, hallelujah. We have found religion. It was, we under, have discovered, it was under the bed. Who knew? It was. It was. We looked. We, you don't clean under there. But once you move the cat hair, there it was. Religion. Yeah, it was. No, no, no. Don't don't fret. For these religions are very specific. And we are going to tell you right now why you should join our new churches. We're going to proselytize. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Nope. That's thank you. <laughs> we are going to we're going to we're going to convince you. Can I get a Hallelujah. There we go. (laughs) We are going to tell you why you should do the thing that we are going to say everyone needs to do. Do It is our turn. That's right. Do the thing. Some of people, they'll tell you you ought to believe in Jesus. No, 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 no. Some people, they'll tell you that you ought to read the Torah. Nope, nope. That's not us. That's not us. Some people will tell you that you need to pray to Mecca. Nope, nope, nope. That's not what it is. Tim, Tim, Molly, tell these good people, what your church is and why they need to join it. Well, my friends, I know what you're asking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, the destination is the most important thing, but I'm here to tell you the destination is not the most important thing. It is the journey. I am here to talk to you about road tripping across road tripping across whatever great country you live in. We happen to live in the United States of America, a very large country. There's a lot of stuff out there. I'm not specifically talking about Nebraska because nobody is ever talking about Nebraska, but I'm talking about other amazing parts of this country you can see if only you drive through Nebraska, past Nebraska. Can't see them on a plane, brother. You cannot see them on a plane. Well, how many times? How many times have we been flying over the Grand Canyon? And the pilot says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, flying over the Grand Canyon. They they say ladies and gentlemen because they don't think at all about the fact that there are only two genders. They're ladies and gentlemen, we are flying not. over the Grand Canyon. And uh, you look out the 
look out the window. If you have a window seat, if you don't, then it's just useless. But if you have a window seat, you look out the window and it's cloudy. You can't see uh, oh, the Grand Canyon. Uh, damn atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere is just doing its thing. But if you're in a car, my friends, if you are driving across this beautiful country, you see a sign that says Grand Canyon 60 miles. You drive 60 miles, you see the Grand Canyon, even if it's cloudy. Even if it's cloudy. Even if it's cloudy. Even if the, the skies themselves are denying airline passengers a view of the Grand Canyon, they will not deny you, my friends. They will not. Not going to keep you from seeing that hole in the ground. <laughs> and and let me ask you this. Have you ever been able to take a, what I like to call a side quest when you're in an airplane? <gasps> no, I haven't. When you're in an airplane flying between, say, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and San Francisco, you just go to San Francisco. Nothing in between. The best you can hope for is a layover. And or that's maybe bullshit. a layover. Or, or, or a bathroom, I suppose. Or a medical evacuation. Say say there's mm -hmm. a heart yeah. attack. Maybe you put down in Wichita. Maybe you put down in Wichita, but you don't get to get off the plane, do you? No. You no, you do not, sir. You sit there in the plane while they wheel that corpse off the plane. So I'm telling you right now, if you drive there, if you drive across mm -hmm. this beautiful country of ours, and you say, hey, Hey, my friends, look at this. We can go visit the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. That's a big ball. It's a it's a very big ball. Very big ball of twine in Minnesota. You can't do that in an airplane. You can't even There's no that. airport. You can't even do that on a bus. You cannot do it on a train. You can only do it if you get yourself in a Could car. Could not would not. Would not in a train. You can only do that if you get yourself in a car and you drive across this beautiful country of ours. So that is my new religion. My new religion is taking a road trip. See I love it. I love it. This country and this world from your vehicle. Praise Route 66. Praise it. <laughs> I believe I drove, that I people... drove on Route 66 just last summer. I stood you... on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. And you know what I will say? I will say, uh, if you are an adult, Human being over the age of 25 with a driver's license, you can rent a car. That can you rent a plane? No, no sir, you cannot no. rent a plane. No. Well, I mean, you can charter a plane, yeah. but you cannot fly a plane on your own, not unless you know I mean, how. Yeah. You can have a pilot's license. Not unless you're wealthy. That's and right. If you can charter a That's plane, right. well, then yeah, you can land right next to the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. But I don't think most of our listeners have that kind of money. And if they do, let me encourage them to support us on Patreon at the $50 <laughs> level. Also, I will say, like, you know, if you are flying by plane, the only food you can eat is in airports on your yeah, journey. Yeah. And airports historically are the worst locations. Like, that's the one that doesn't allow their employees to unionize. That's the expensive one that doesn't give pay. Too. Yeah, that's the, that's the that's the bad one. Is the same food outside the airport. And on the airplane, right. on the airplane, maybe you'll get some pretzels. Maybe you'll get some crackers. Maybe. Yeah. You might get some peanuts unless there's somebody on the plane with a peanut allergy, in which case. Oh, they never. I've never had peanuts. No, they peanuts just don't take chances anymore. No risks. Yeah. No risks. There's risks on the road. That's yeah, right. right. I also have a new church. My oh. brothers. I do. I do. I have Can a new church. Oh, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Church. I am bringing you all into the fold of your sheets and pillows. You need to make your bed in the mornings, my make siblings. Make your bed. Make your bed 
every morning. Now every hear me morning? out. Every morning. And I'll tell you why. There is nothing that feels better at the end of the day than getting into a made bed because it feels like accomplishment. It takes two minutes, tops, two minutes, straighten the sheets, pull the comforter up, tuck it in. You don't have to do a whole thing. I'm not saying eight throw pillows. Yeah. I'm not saying fancy duvet. You're, you're not looking like drill sergeant's going to bust your ass. I'm not saying hospital corners. Yeah. I'm just saying blanket and sheet. You don't got to bounce nope. a quarter off of that mattress, right? Is that what you're saying? No, sir. No, no, sir. I don't bounce shit. I just, I don't even tuck in the bottom. I'll tell you what, I don't even tuck it in. I just smooth it out. I straighten it. I neaten it, make it so that when I get into bed at night, I'm peeling back the covers. Bed's all nice. Covers are cool. No cat or dog has been laying in there all day. Just nice, cool sheets for me, a human being who paid for that bed. (laughs) And it's great. It sounds like a small thing. It feels like a big accomplishment. You walk past your bedroom. Oh, that's me. Look at me. Look at me, Captain. Executive function over here. (laughs) Doing all the tasks. Start your day with a win. Start your day with a win, brothers. Let me tell you, no matter what happens for the rest of the day, you know you did that one thing. You know you accomplished one thing, and it is the easiest thing to do. takes no time. Halfway through the day, you give up and go back to bed. Guess what's waiting for you? Made bed. Made bed. Made bed bed right there. Let me give you my testimony. It seems uh, that 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 was not something that I, in my youth, practiced. Mm. I did not. Mm. I did not practice making a bed. And then I then I found me. Then I found me a good woman. I found me a good woman who said, who said, she really wanted that bed to be made every morning. And you know what? It took me about five years, if I'm honest. Five years. That's fair. It's a long road to to Damascus. To be converted to her way of thinking. But let me tell you now. Uh, there's nothing better than walking into a made bed at the end of the day. Hallelujah. The sheets uh, fell away from your eyes and you f- could see. Familiar tale. Yeah. I, I also right. was a unbeliever, a That's non-bed right. maker. Yes, he was. To the point where, Brother Tim, I would, in my restlessness, remove the uh, the fitted sheet from the bed. Wow. And uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even bother to put that back on. That's right. Bare mattress, tangle of sheets, tangle of sheets, tangle of sheets, and like our like our little nest. You Nick are a bed stripper. That's that's true. And and yeah. you know sometimes still a corner might come loose, but I'll tell you what: in the morning, that corner gets put back in its rightful place. Amen. Amen. Yes, it does. And you now are a man who has struggles sometimes with executive function, a man who sometimes sure. struggles to, to to get the get up and go to yeah. do the thing. It can feel a little overwhelming. Yeah. Having that made bed. How does it make you feel when you get into bed at night? It feels nice. Let me tell you, an added benefit is you got a nice place to sit when you're putting on your socks. That's true. That's true. Can't Lay out your clothes for the day. Lay them out. And put your socks on on an unmade bed. That is science. You can, but it's it's chaotic, and you know, uh, you know what? It's harder. It's it's harder not to just lay back down and go back to sleep and not care. It's a when less the bed's made experience. That's right. That's yeah. right, Nick. Yo, I know that you're a recent convert to a new church. Uh, that's true. I've seen your good works out in the world. You know, you got to tell these good people. I, Convince uh, them. Convince them. I got to tell you, folks. When it comes to mutual aid. Helping out your comrades, mm. uh, uh, doing the good work in mm. your community. Whose streets? Our streets. That's, that's right. And you know what we got to do with our streets? What do we got to do? We got to keep streets? 
the sidewalks clear of mm-hmm. snow and ice. Clear them sidewalks. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big, big believer that uh, when it snows, you got to get out there and you got to you got to shovel before the pedestrian traffic has a chance to pack that snow down. Yes. You know what's going to happen to that packed down snow? What's going to happen? It's going to turn into ice. Yeah. Oh. Damn right. Oh. Yeah. And, you don't like uh, ice in Minneapolis. I'll tell you that let, much. Let me say. Let me tell you. You get out there. We've all had this happen. You get out there, you, you shovel, you make a nice clear path. You shovel out to the street where there's the, the places to do so. And then the, the city comes along Ooh. with their plow Ooh. and they plow right over a bunch of what you just shoveled. And you know what the answer is? What's the answer? Shovel it out. Get right back up again. That's get right. right back up again. Get right back up again and shovel that out. Shovel it seven times, reshovel it eight. You know why? Because, A, you're saving yourself potential injury. That's true. Right? It's not all altruism here. You are, you know, helping yourself out. You're helping out your guests. Mm. Anyone that's going to come. You, you got an Amazon delivery. You got your, your mail carrier. Carrier. You want to show solidarity with your your union postal workers. That's right. Show Shovel your respect. damn sidewalk. Show some that's respect. That's right. You, you, you got a pizza on the way. Yeah, I hope you put down some salt and sand. Make sure they don't slip and drop your pie or hurt their back. Because you know and I know that their shitty employer probably doesn't give them good enough health insurance right. where they can afford to be out of work That's with a right. back injury. Tell it. As long and and until we get damn good municipal snow removal, which is not something that's going to happen anytime soon, it's on us to do it for for ourselves and for our neighbors and for. For all of our, you know, right. some religions make a point of talking about how you need to, to look out for the other man, look out for the stranger, you know, uh, whether that's your know, washing feet or hospitality or that's whatever. Right. And and uh, you'll never know how many people get to appreciate your amazing shoveling all the way down to the cement job is. But you can just be confident that every time someone's walking over that, they're thinking, damn, that's yeah. great. These people you, really shoveled. I'll tell you this. All it takes is one winter on crutches oh, before yeah. you realize how shoddy most people's, their attempts are. Because a lot of people, they'll push a shovel around a little bit. Maybe, maybe they, you know, they, they, they do it. They, maybe they do double wide, right? They don't just do the single path. But are they getting down to the, to the cement? Getting down are to they, the cement? Are they scraping it? See, do they even have a scraper at all? I mean. It's, uh, yeah. It's not just about preventing the ice to get down to the cement. The cement is going to be darker than all the snow. Even the mm-hmm. dirty snow that, that we get from the plows and whatnot, that cement's going to heat up a little bit. And that cement is going to keep ice from forming by Shoot. heating up just a and little bit out. from the sun. Even the little bit of sun we get in Minnesota in the winter yep. is enough to get the job done. Right, and, Nick? and it's not, it's, it's also an accessibility issue. Right. Yeah. We got to look out for the people that need the most help, and you can help them out. Mm-hmm. Brother Nick, can I, I make an offering? Can I make an offering yeah. to your church? Uh, please, let me, please. Let me talk a little bit about uh, the concept of somebody plowing your alley. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. I don't know if anybody else who lives in uh, the regions of the world that we live in has somebody who plows their alley. There's probably somebody on your block whose job it is to collect the funds for plowing the alley. And let me tell you, Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters, if you've ever had to go out of your garage after a massive snow 
to an already plowed alley? Well, let me tell you, that's about the closest thing to a religious experience I've ever had. And that means you got to you got to tithe to that member of your neighborhood, that member of your neighborhood who's hiring that plow driver to get the job done. You got to put your money in because you get it back, my friends. Absolutely. That's right. 100 percent. You reap that reward and not just in heaven every damn day, (laughs) every damn day. Tangible reaping. That's right. You are are planting a seed when you give money Mm. to your neighbor. Mm. You know it. You know it. Now, now I, I will admit to being someone who has a, I've been a collector of religions. Polytheist. I am a polytheist. Uh, Brother Tim, Brother Nick, are either of you? Polytheists when I've been, it comes to this. I've been known to dabble. You dabble a bit. I appreciate yeah. the works. I, I've been I have, known to appreciate more than one God. I have one more. I have to. I have to tell you all oh, about. It's I, a short one. I want to hear it's it. It's a quick one. Uh, this came up recently in my talks, and I have to tell you all. I am here to preach the gospel of not finishing video games. Ooh, Ooh. controversial you, religion. You don't need. To finish video games, and I'll tell you why not. Because if you stop playing because for whatever reason, don't feel guilty. I'm here to absolve you of that guilt. There are, I can't even, you know how many video games I have played? Hundreds. Do you know how many video games I have finished? Six. Three. Three. (laughs) I have finished three. I have finished Fable 2. I have finished Fable 3. And I have finished Assassin's Creed 2, and that is it. I do play a lot of games that are not finishable. Like Animal Crossing, Cooking Mama, etc. But the majority of the time, if I have played other Assassin's Creed games, other games, Phoenix Rising, other RPG games, I don't finish them. I just I get onto something else. And the guilt used to gnaw at me. The the I shoulds. I had a bad case of the I shoulds. I should go back and finish that game. I should go. Oh, I should finish. I was so close. Don't need to. I'm here to absolve you of your guilt. Go read what happens on Wikipedia. The, uh, <laughs> read the, the plot summary. The great nemesis of your church is the uh, sunken cost fallacy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We do not tie to the sunk cost fallacy. I, in I'll church. go one further on your religion. And I'll expand that out with my own branch. What's that? You don't need to finish the season of that TV show. That's true. You don't need to finish that book. That's if true. You're not getting as much enjoyment. And if even if you are enjoying it, and it starts to feel like a chore and you resent that, take a break, walk away, That's come right. back in a year or two. That's right. I, or not at all. I very rarely don't finish books, but uh, I tried. I recently went to reread American Psycho and I got about 40 percent in and I was like, nah, <laughs> like, I think I'm done. I, yeah. think, I think I'll just watch the movie. It's better. <laughs> to yeah. be honest. It's it's your time, my friends. It's your That's time. Right. And, you and can, I'm just saying you can use that time however you want. That's right. Don't feel guilty. That is, I'm here to absolve you of the guilt of the unfinished video game. Now, I think we've done a good job converting believers. What do you all think today? We got. I think we got some new ones, don't you? I, I hope I, so. I, yeah. And if you are now, if you're going to be a, if you're going to, you know what? You don't even have to be a full member. We'll take anybody trying to be an acolyte to our churches. Let me know. Did you make your bed? How did it feel? Did you shovel your sidewalk a little extra good? How'd that feel? Did you drive when you could have 
done anything else? Did you drive somewhere? Even did you take a small road trip? Maybe you went from Minneapolis all the way out to Faribault. Maybe you uh, went from just Minneapolis to Roseville. Yeah. Maybe you just made a little drive a little further today. Join Tim's church. Just drive a little further. Go a little you, uh, further. Just, just, do, you, do you miss the uh, the wind? Not through your hair. Feel it. Feel <laughs> it, it going over your windshield. Yeah, the rumble of the do you, car. Do you miss the the ritual of uh of the uh the swinging of the incense or the the giving out of a uh, communion? Mm. Well, tell you what, you can swing a, a bucket of a nice salt and uh, pet safe <laughs> salt and sand bucket back and forth as you spread it on those trouble spots and just make that a, a you know biweekly ritual just That's to right. just to, to baptize right. your cement. My children, my siblings. My friends, my enemies, join us in our small task of <laughs> loveliness. <laughs> we, we are here to preach to you. Now, in all fairness, like for, for real, like we, we kind of came up with this silly idea because it just seemed like a fun way to talk about ways that you could improve your life and others' lives. And I genuinely do believe in all these things. I, I am a devout member of Tim's church. Road trips. I didn't ever take road trips when I was a kid. Uh, we flew everywhere because we didn't do a lot of vacations, but when we did, we were usually just going down to Florida to see the grandparents. So I, the few first road trips I took were as a young adult and I loved them. I love it. I, there's just something about packing up the car with everything you need and, and some snacks and just hitting, hitting the pavement. So I, I think, uh, I'm a devout, I mean, the other two are a little more, you know, like minor things, but well, having a well shoveled walk, man. I mean, I, Mm. I admit that now that the walk shoveling is my children's job, I, I, I die a little bit inside every time I, I look at our walk. (laughs) (laughs) We got a good like steel ice scraper and those things are amazing. Like in the The Razorback in the, in the seasons where you get the melt freeze, melt freeze, melt freeze, you can go out there and chop a little river for all that to drain out. It's, it's a, it's great. Sounds like your children need to uh, join the church, Tim. They need to get some religion. The church, the church, old time religion. That's right. All right. So sermons. We have some exciting news for y'all today. Oh, Oh that's right. So we have only one, remaining set of five questions. Well, that's not exciting. We're going to read them. terrible. Nope. It is exciting because we're going to read those next week. This week, what we have for you are five new questions for y'all for y'all to answer. Holy shit. So instead of, instead we flip the script again. So instead of sending us your questions, we are now going to debut our fourth set of five questions, I believe. I believe. That's I right, our fourth set. Yeah. Our next set of five questions that we are, we're all going to answer them. And then what we need is for you to send us your answers to our five questions. And we've got something really exciting to help encourage folks to send in their their answers to our questions, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll read off. And, and as always, you know, if you're one of our Patreon supporters, we'll bump your answers up to the top of our list, just like we've been doing with the questions. Just put Patreon supporter in the subject line. But also... If you send us your quest, your answers, yep. and you include your address, we're not going to read your address on the on the podcast. We will not. No, no, but no, we will happen. send you. But we will send you a Geeks Without God sticker if that's your bag and if that's something you're you're interested in. So if you if you send us your answers and if you include your address, we'll send you a Geeks Without God sticker. That's right. And, and just in case you're you're feeling very 
uh, eager to send in multiple answers. We're, we're going to try to limit it to one sticker a year for folks, just so we can make sure everyone gets gets one, if, if that's the, you know. And I suppose but, if uh, people wanted to send us in five questions, they could still do that. They could, but I would rather them send us five answers yeah. at this point, because I feel like if they were going to send us five questions, they should have fucking done it two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I uh, what are these questions? All right. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim, question one. Oh, I start. Okay. You're going to start this oh, time. I start reading it or I answer it. Okay, oh, reading it. Oh, you, oh. You, I'll, do you want to read it and then answer it or do you want me uh, to read I'll them read all? It. I'll read it. I'll read okay. it. Okay. What is a game you have played recently that you really enjoyed? All right. So this so could Nick, be you... a video game or a board game uh, or a handheld game, whatever. Any kind of anything that you think qualifies anything as a game. You, you, call, you count as a game. Recently, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the remastered Mass Effect Trilogy just came to uh, Microsoft Game Pass. And so I, I just finished replaying the trilogy and now I moved on to the fourth game, Mass Effect Andromeda, which we're, I'm not going to talk about that one. Um <laughs> So I was one of those people that beat Mass Effect 3 and was very unhappy with the ending, and I didn't go back for any of the DLC that came out. So this was the first time I got to play uh, a bunch of that new content that was in the third game. And even though the ending was still basically the same tricolor like luster thing, knowing that that was the destination I was headed toward, I got to enjoy the gameplay of three, which mm. is really, really great. And the DLC of three, which there's a lot of really fun stuff that made the the journey toward that ending a lot more enjoyable and a lot of fun. And and all three of those games hold up really well. And the, the little tweaks and remasterings they did for the Legendary Edition were great. Okay. Uh, for me, I, I played a game uh, called Deep Sea Adventure. Uh, it is a very simple game. It's just tokens and little like dudes and like a little token that is the boat. Uh, the boat has a certain number of spaces that show how much oxygen we all have together. And the, the tokens are treasures. They're face down. You basically, you take your guy and you go, you, you roll a die and you go that number of spaces down toward the deep. As you go further down, the treasures are worth more points, but we all only have so much air. So you have to turn around at some point. You have to say, before you roll, you have to say, I'm turning around. Turn your guy around, roll, and then go back toward the boat. Anybody who isn't back on the boat when we run out of air dies and loses all their treasure. And then you move on to the next round. It's simple. It's super like elegant and small. And it was really fun risk-reward game. There's a, a press-your-luck element and also a... Kind of like fucking over your buddy element. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if one person is like, I'm going to go further, it's like, fuck you. Because it's like, <laughs> you know that like that means you now have to decide if you're turning around because they're using up more air. That's right. It's great. Uh, yeah, I right, played that game. It's a good game. Uh, the game I'm going to mention is called Quix. It is a really simple game. It's a dice game. It has uh, four different colored dice and then uh, two white dice or one white die, and you roll the dice every turn. Everybody plays every turn, but the nice. person who rolls the dice gets an extra play. 
Uh, and okay. basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to fill in squares in two of the colors from two up to 12 and in two of the colors from 12 down to two. Uh, and you can do it. You don't have to do every single one. So it's a it's a case of deciding, all right, am I going to skip the number three to move to four? Because uh, the further you get towards the end, the more points you get. And also, the as soon as two of the colors are closed off by somebody reaching the end, the game's over. So, oh, that's fun. That sounds fun. I like that. Uh, and it's a super great, speaking of my Church of Road Trip, it's a great road trip game. It's in a tiny little yeah. box, really easy to bring along on a road trip. And uh, we laminated the game sheets and, and, and bring along dry erase markers so you can play it on the road. So it's a great game. That's awesome. Great. That sounds really fun. All right. New question two. What is a science fact or discovery you think is really fucking cool? Oh, yeah. Tim? All right. This uh, this I learned for the first time watching Neil deGrasse Tyson's Cosmos. Uh, and it, it flies in the face of one of the things that a lot of fundamental Christians talk about, which is the perfection of the eye. And uh, it's the fact that our eyes are, in fact, not perfectly evolved to see out of water, that we actually see better in water because that's where our eyes evolved in the first place. And oh, we still, that's cool. millions of years later, even though way, way, way back, our ancestor crawled out of the water and has never returned, we still see better in the water because that's where our eyes first evolved. I love that fact. That is really cool. Nick? Uh, so there, there are a couple of like technologies that are in use right now that aren't widely popularized yet but one neat thing about uh the COVID-19 pandemic is that we're finally getting to put mRNA vaccines to use mm -hmm. and between uh RNA gene editing and CRISPR technology uh gene therapy is like something that's just kind of started now that's gonna catch on like crazy uh, soon and the amount of things that we could potentially uh, prevent or cure with gene editing is amazing. We could, um, you know, that could be the secret to, uh, to space travel for us one day is, is uh, genetic modification of our own genome. It's, it's taking the power of evolution into our own hands to some extent. It's really mm -hmm. neat. And I think uh, uh, it could lead, it's going to lead to some amazing stuff. That's very cool. That's very cool. That's very uh, cool. Mine is, Time dilation. I oh, think time yeah. dilation is fucking crazy. Like the idea that that time, something that seems so concrete and true and like objection or objective, right? Like it is time. Yeah. It is this much time that it can change because of gravity, because of altitude, because of velocity, that like there's just like the time you experience can be dilated or shrunk or changed. Yeah. I just, it's one of those things that the more you think about it, is it just gets crazy. Like, I just the, think it's so neat. One of the best explanations for that I ever heard was, uh, imagine time and speed are on the same little uh, draggable uh, bar, yeah. uh, like a selector bar on your, your computer. And, and on the left is speed and on the right is time. And so the more speed you go, the less time there is. And the more, the slower the time mm -hmm. goes, the less speed there is. But they're like, 
they're connected in that yep. in that kind of yep. way. It's it's uh, yep. it's what it's part of the whole like I just like the idea. I find the idea of perception as reality yeah. really cool, and how like we are all experiencing our own subjective reality, even yeah. though even with objective things, right? Like all right. yeah. All right. Question three. Question three. All right, we're gonna start to get uh get a little serious here. <clears throat> Where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Since it's not religion. Hmm. So for me, I would say a big thing for me has always been that I, the first thing I ever read that resonated with me, which technically I suppose is religion, but is the, the concept of do no harm. Yeah. Um, and, and, but then I, I read the, you know, if it harms none, do what you want, do what thou wilt. Sure. When I got more into paganism, the idea being like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. you can kind of do whatever you want to, within your own sphere. Yeah. So for me, it's always been, am I, am I affecting someone else? Step one, is this action going to affect someone else? Harm. Uh, yeah. Is that, is that effect going to be harm or will it, will it just be like, it, you know, obviously things affect people, but will it hurt them? And then is that hurt justified? Because you can't get, go through life hurting nobody. That's just not how it works, right? Like, for example, you have to cast a play, sure. right? If you were going to say, oh, I never hurt anybody, you couldn't do things like that, right? So it's, it's for me, it's always been this sense of uh, those three checkpoints. And I will also say that, like, I, I was raised with no religion, but, like, a sense that we should go to church. But, yeah. like, that church didn't, didn't matter, so like, I guess I felt like it, it was just, we weren't always, we weren't allowed to say hate. We weren't allowed to hit each other. We weren't allowed to maliciously hurt each other. My brother and I didn't physically fight. If we said something mean on purpose, we got in trouble. Like you could accidentally be mean, but you couldn't do it on purpose. Right. Yeah. And so it just kind of gave me this really sense of like, what matters most is your intention. Mm. And if your intention is bad, then the, the result will always be bad. And if your intention was good and you still hurt somebody, like it, you still hurt somebody. So you still do have to apologize for that. Like it, it, it's not, I don't know. It's hard to explain, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's like all things it's nebulous. Yeah. What about you, Tim? Uh, I think if we're talking about where I got my morality from, yeah. you know, I mean, there's, a, it's always a mix of mix of influences, but I mean, I, the, the one of those formative things that I remember is a conversation with my parents about homosexuality. They had a friend who is gay. And I mean, I was I was raised Catholic, right? The Catholic Church is pretty clear about homosexuality, um, even though they love it in we secret. Were in, we, were, we were in a hippy dippy church and I don't think we ever talked about it. But it was one of those things where it, it was it was the first time I'd ever encountered it. And my parents basically said, well, this person just happens to be attracted to and love people of the same gender. And that's okay. And I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense that that would be okay. Um, And just having that conversation of saying, this is how this thing is. It is natural. It is okay. It is not what a lot of people consider normal, but that doesn't make it wrong. And it doesn't even make it abnormal. It's just, the way people think about it is wrong. Uh, and that, that made a big 
impact on how I morally grew and thought about things in my life. And the other big impact was uh, Dungeons and Dragons and, and yeah. the idea of alignment and what that's a good point. Yeah. I never, I never played evil characters because I would just feel like a total shit, shit bag. If I was, if I was doing stuff mm-hmm. that I didn't feel was right, you know, and just, just even though it was role-playing, it still felt wrong. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's... I don't think there was, I don't think there was anything specific like that for me that like helped me shape it. Right. Like I read a lot of horror books. I knew you shouldn't murder people. But that I, was I think, uh, you know, there, there, you? Yeah. there were a lot of like handy philosophical arguments or, or, um, like thought experiments, like the trolley problem and things like that. But, you know, honestly, something that did help my develop my morality as it exists today is similar to what Tim was saying is even though the, the black and white nature of D and D morality isn't necessarily very helpful. There are some very uh, like formative things there that I think I've, I have taken with me from, Mm -hmm. you know, being a 13 year old or whatever. Um, One important thing is that there's a difference between good and lawful. You can have evil laws. Yeah, yeah. You can you can have That's and and just like the 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 concept of chaotic good, how you can do good things that are against the law. Is that's yeah. that's like something that you kind of have to to wrestle with and realize yeah. is that like the law isn't always on your side. Like plenty of awful things have happened historically that have been perfectly legal. And, and I think that, that that is something that, you know, especially more like third edition D&D where those concepts are, are a little bit less uh, nebulous and more, uh, again, like kind of black and white. But, you know, thinking of things of like, oh, you know what, I wouldn't do that because I'm lawful good. And, you know, hurting people for enjoyment is not a good act. That is an evil mm-hmm. act. Like if you see someone in in uh, in distress and you have the opportunity to help them, if you're a good character, you're you're kind of obligated to help them because that is a good action. That's a good thing to do, mm-hmm. right? especially if you're you know like a, the paladin type mm-hmm. character. So I that definitely had an impact on me for for sure. Or yeah. If only for. Um, you know, again, like that sort of black and white thinking isn't always super practical in the real world, but uh, there are lessons there. But it I helped, wish I could it helped find... develop the morality around. Okay, I understand what what good means. I understand what doing decent things mean. I understand what doing shitty things means. Mm-hmm. That yeah. made a big difference. Yeah, I wish I wish I had something concrete I could point to like that. That was like this really, you know, was something that shaped me. But like, I guess you know. For, I mean, I a lot of books I read really made me feel like like you know the characters I wanted to emulate were the ones that that helped the ones that took care of each other yeah. Yeah. you know and and so I always felt like what's what's best in life is being you know helpful so I guess that maybe that is really the the takeaway I had from that and I think you know right. as somebody who went to church. I don't remember ever getting the moral lessons at church. It's like the sermons were always about how great God was. They weren't about how you should treat each other well, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And and why God taught you to do that. That's the funny thing. It's like, I don't remember church ever being about morality. I remember church about being loyal to God. 
Yeah, our our morality was mostly my mom making sure that we were not like jerks to each other. Like most of my moral lessons came from having a little brother who was really close in age to me and it being like, (laughs) you know, like I I think, I guess one of the first things I can remember is uh, I ran for student council and my, I, I, I didn't win. And my brother was like, I didn't vote for you. And my mom went ballistic (laughs) and was like, that's not how family is. You vote for your family. You should have voted for her. I don't, and he's like, well, I didn't want her to win. She's like, that's even worse. Like, that's a terrible thing to say to your sister. And like, you should have voted for her because she's your family and you should, you know, you should support her dream. And I just remember that felt very like a, like a thing, right? Like, yeah. and then she said, and even if you didn't vote for her, you should have kept it to yourself. Yeah. Like telling her was the meanest part of this. Yeah. Like telling her was mean, you know? And, and yeah, just, it was such an interesting thing. Cause like it felt mean, but I couldn't put my finger on why. And her saying right. it was the, telling right yeah that really felt cruel because what you're doing it's just to hurt someone yeah yeah Yeah. okay tim question four question number four i don't have that screen up so i'm just vamping for a second if you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for you for the rest of your life what chore or task would you choose laundry yeah like if it, and I'm talking like the robot never fucks it up. The robot takes the laundry downstairs, does the laundry, brings it back upstairs and puts it all away. I don't mind doing laundry, but having just always having my clothes clean. And also I didn't fuck them up. Like the robot can do dry cleaning. The robot can, you know, the robot deals with all the, like, how do I hang this sweater to dry when we don't have hangers big enough or whatever. Like just, I, I, I that would be a huge thing for me. Cause I, a lot of clothes, I don't buy nicer clothes because I know I will ruin them Yeah, one way or another in the laundry. I just, or I won't, I won't have like, like the old Mitch Hedberg joke. This shirt is dry clean only, which means it's dirty. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yep. <laughs> what about you? Uh, laundry. I mean, uh, it's absolutely laundry. I, uh, it's just my least favorite chore now, I think. Yeah. Uh, I also hate doing the dishes, but I have a uh, Nick see, and he does the dishes mostly. Yeah, I, so I feel like I already have a robot. I like, I like doing the dishes. It's, it's, uh, I, like I, I didn't dishes. grow up with a dishwasher. So okay, I'll do one uh, for dishes. You do one for laundry. We'll have two robots. Okay. 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 Right. I'm changing my answer. Yeah, you're to allowed dishes. to have two robots since you're both answering. Yeah. Cause we're, we're married. So I, I will say, the more I think about it, I'm going to say dishes just because I hate touching gross food. Oh yeah. I really hate touching leftover food nastiness. I hate having my hands smell like, Old food. Yeah, I got a switch. It's got to be dishes. It's got to be dishes. What's your robot, Tim? Yeah, Tim. Uh, honestly, you know, when it comes to laundry, I don't mind. Pat hates doing laundry. I know she would she would want a laundry bot, but her yeah, laundry yeah. bot is me. I do all the laundry. See, so, that's why I decided to switch yeah. to, to dishes. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, bathroom cleaning, I fucking hate because oh, I, can never, yeah. I can never get the bathroom as clean as I want it to be, you know, and I, I spend an hour scrubbing every part of the to- outside. And it's like, oh, if I could have a robot that just cleaned my bathroom every couple of days. Oh, yeah. So oh, happy. yeah. That would be good. Yeah. That would be a good one. It's the best part of staying in a hotel yeah. <laughs> is how clean yeah. the bathroom is. The bathroom is always clean. Yeah, I love it. Yep. All right. And finally, the new question five. What is a movie or TV show that you think everyone should watch? 
so uh, Molly's going to back me up on this one, but there was a show that ran for four seasons on Comedy Central called Nathan For You. <laughs> uh, F-O-R-Y-O-U. And what it is, it's this comedian, uh, Nathan Fielder. Uh, Fielding, Fielding, I think, but yeah. Uh, Fielder. Who, you know, he touts himself as having a business degree from a good school. But what it is, is he is a business consultant that works outside the box. This is kind of kind of reality-ish TV where he goes and finds a failing business and comes up with a crazy scheme to turn their business around. One example is the coffee shop that can't compete with the bigger chain coffee shops that are around. So he changes their theme to be a satirical coffee shop called Dumb Starbucks. (laughs) He turns it into a Starbucks with Starbucks merchandise and everything like that, but it's all dumb Starbucks. It's a, and, and so they hope to skirt all the, the trademark rules by making the entire coffee shop uh, satirical. Um, he goes so far as to, cr- to stage and create uh, fake social media, like viral videos. Like you may have years ago seen a video of a, what is it? A goat saving a drowning pig. Yeah. A, a goat saves a drowning pig. Yeah. It was a viral video bef- like it, in the early days of like viral videos. News, local news channels played it as like a feel good news story and all that. Nope. Completely staged by Nathan for, for his show to help promote uh, someone's business. Uh, it's a great show. It's really upbeat and funny and silly. Uh, he doesn't like he goes out of his way to not humiliate these people or make fun of them or anything. They're just regular average folks. Um, but it's it's really sweet and and uh, really funny. And I, I feel like no one I talk to about this show has seen it. Mm-hmm. And and so Nathan for you, you it's really good. Is a show that I think everyone can enjoy. Tim, what about you? What's a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? Well, I'll pick something recent. Uh, I think Encanto is fucking brilliant. Uh, mm. And uh, it's it's just like, you know, I think a lot of people think that Disney movies are are kind of, you know, whatever. Either, either they like them or they don't. Um, but I think they really did something very, very cool with Encanto. And it's, it's really worth watching. Not just because Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the music and the music is is amazing. But it's it's really about the pressure that gets put on people to be special um, and uh, and how how that can just be crippling and difficult and and really hurt people. Um, so anyway, I, I just it's on Disney Plus. Obviously, it's a great movie. People should watch it. I, I should note uh, all four seasons of Nathan for you are on Hulu and two seasons of it are on uh, Prime Video. And Encanto is on Disney Plus. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. 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 Um, I, boy, so I really struggled with a couple of things I think are, are really good. And I, I'm, I'm not sure which one to pick because one of them I haven't seen in a long time. And so I'm worried that my thoughts of how good it are is, are, are not accurate. So I I will, I will say that show that I I don't want to say was dead like me, uh, Uh which I really love. And it's really good. And I think it explores a lot of cool stuff, but I don't remember enough of it to make sure it isn't like, 
like shitty or transphobic or anything, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know if it holds up. So what I'm going to say is The Leftovers, oh, uh, yeah. which is an HBO show um, that is it, it. A lot of people didn't 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 see it. And it's only three seasons and it's very good. And the premise is uh, there is a global event where two percent of the population just disappears. It's like the rapture, like they're not, you don't see them ascend, but it's like people like, like the way it happens, it's like, you know, you turn to your sink and your, and your kids and your husband are behind you having breakfast and you're like, oh, and they're all talking and you're like, that's funny. And then all of a sudden the conversation stops and you turn back and they are gone. Their clothes are there and they are gone. And it happens to literally everybody. There are some families that don't get touched, but 2% of the world's population is gone on the same day at the same time. There's like no demographic, nationality, religion. Like there's no rhyme or reason. There's nothing they can find. It just, and it's this thing that happens to everyone. And then the show picks up from there. And it is like how people live their life. I think the show starts like one year after the event or something. And it's how do you live your life uh, moving forward uh, from that. And there's like religions that crop up around it. There's, you know, conspiracy theories. There's, you know, there's a significant, as we now know, like what happens when that many people, dro- you know, are gone. Imagine if like everyone who died of COVID was gone like a snap, right? It's, it's, and so it, it it's before the, the, you know, end game stuff where that really seemed like a whole thing. And I just, it's so good and powerful and it, it really, it really delves into that thing of like, what do human beings do when we don't know what happened? And there are no answers. What do you do? There are no answers. I love the ending. It's only the three seasons. Really good. Yeah. It's only three seasons and it's, it's really, really great. And I feel like it has a lot of payoff. Yeah. HBO. Yeah. Which means it's on HBO. HBO Max. Yep. HBO yep. Max. Got just, just stars Justin Thoreau and Carrie Coon. And they're yeah. both amazing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are our new five questions. We should probably read uh, them gonna, off again. I, I'm yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna read them off again. So here they are, uh, and we're gonna put these up on the website and on Facebook and everything, so you can have them. But question one: What is a game you have played recently that you really enjoyed? Question two: What is a science fact or discovery you think is really fucking cool? Question three: Where do you get your sense of right and wrong from, since it's not religion? Question four, if you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore slash task for you for the rest of your life, what would you choose? And question five, what is a movie or TV show that you think everyone should watch? And by the time you listen few- to the, this episode, I should have uh, have it posted on the five questions tab on our website. So excellent. Yeah. So please send in your answers. Uh, next week, we're going to read our last five questions. And then that gives you all some time to send in your answers to these new five questions. And again, reminder, if you put that you're a Patreon subscriber in the subject line, you get bumped to the Patreon queue. And if you give us your address, we'll send you a sticker in the mail. Whoa. Gratis. Gratis. We're just going to, we're just going to eat that postage, baby. Pay for that fucking stamp <laughs> ourselves. That's right. Well, our, our patrons are, are going to help us pay for, well, for those yeah. stickers. Well, so, a little bit. So, That's true. so thank That's a true. patron. That's true. Thank a patron. Uh, but thank you, everybody. We have been Geeks Without God. We are coming to you live 
sort of, I mean, live for us, not for you, <laughs> every Tuesday. Look, this isn't Sex in the City where we pretend we do live podcasts. That's insane. <laughs> we know what podcasts actually are because we do them and we've been doing them. We didn't just hear about them from a poor. So uh, thank you all so much. We appreciate you supporting us and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Praise not Jesus. <laughs> We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Listen to past podcasts and catch us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. Follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. And like our Facebook page, Geeks Without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks. For real though, apparently Carrie like was on a a call-in podcast.